See, I'm just ready to wrap it up. I'm already singing in heaven there is no beer. This is a five-second clip of us, of me, and a bunch of other drunk people chanting I-D-A-H-O, go, go, go. If you heard, if you heard of the band party freshman seminar, from that, we are all drunk as can be yelling the singing fight song. Yeah, I think we just found our intro to this week. Welcome back, Tribe from the North Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. I am your host, TJ, and with me today we have Martin, and, uh-huh. and as always we have Chris. And you can find us at Tubs of the Club on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and of course TubsoftheClub.com. And just a quick reminder that all comments and opinions are owned by each individual, not Tubs of the Club. So we are at week five, and we have a lot to cover today. It was an interesting week for the Vandals, ups and downs, but uh, we'll get to that later, talking about football. Uh, Just uh, open up our segment with reading around the Argonaut. Uh, Women's soccer last week, uh, a win 4-0 over Portland State, and a win 2-0 over Sac State. And six points puts us on top of the big sky, so that's big. And this week they have Friday at Northern Colorado and Sunday at Montana. So good chance to get those uh, six points to be at the top. Volleyball last week, uh, win 3-0 over Eastern and a win at Northern Colorado. First in conference after kind of a uh, rocky start. And this week they take on at Weber State and Saturday at Idaho State. So those will be some good matchups as well. On to women's golf, the parte... Megan Ramfall Classic, as we tried to say last week. Uh, the women's team ended up taking fourth at the Ramfall Classic. And this week, they'll be playing in the Coeur d'Alene Classic with Gonzaga. So that should be pretty fun as well. And for men's golf, at uh, the Ramfall Classic, they place 14th. And this week, they got a big tournament uh, versus University of Washington, the Husky Invitational that will be held here in Seattle. So, uh, on to some good football news. Uh, the Vandals have sold out their ticket allotments for both Idaho State and Eastern Washington. So, if you're looking to snag tickets for that, uh, you may be sitting in the opposite fan section for those games. But good for the Vandals. Maybe our podcast is... Uh, Inspiring some people. Moving on to shuffleboard, topic of the day. The Vandals suffered a loss to UC Davis, 44-21 to this weekend. Um, it was kind of a Vandal-style loss, I feel like. it's We aren't coming out ready to play. You know, we try and make a you know, fight at the end, but really it's too late. Nothing really clicked on offense. Defense kind of got pushed around, too. I, it was just overall, it kind of hurt. So, um, I... Don't have too much to say on the topic, but I, I know that uh, I hope we're ready to play next, this week. Okay, I hope I hope everybody's buckled in. Um, have the kids to bed. I am going to go on a bit of a rant. I was glad we don't record these Saturday after the game because it would be even more fiery. I... Oh, man. That was one of the roughest Vandal losses I think I've ever been a part of. Uh, Just the way the team showed up. First time we've had a top 25 matchup in years and we just looked like we came out absolutely flat. No fire. Let UC Davis push it around on all sides of the ball. UC Davis stinks. I'm not impressed. They won, but 
I mean, as general, that team should not be as good as they are. They're lucky they have Dan Hawkins. Uh, I The stadium atmosphere was weak. <laughs> it looked like a bunch of people that were on vacation taking a picnic with their families. Everyone was laying out on that grassy knoll, not even paying attention to the game, which is a shame because they have a really good football team to watch. The stadium looked like maybe 10% capacity. Uh, I mean, you know it's bad when the Kibbe Dome at its worst years would have those UC Davis would have been happy to have. Um, 11 Sports, Pluto TV, you stink as well. It was laggy, keep going out. I have fantastic internet and I keep having problems. I could stream every other game on ESPN Plus on my cord cutting service and for whatever reason Pluto cannot keep up this is two weeks in a row now that I've had this issue uh, terrible camera angles I guess it must have been the UC Davis students that were doing this because it was it was just you wasn't even showing the play wasn't even showing the ball you'd miss extra like extra points altogether the camera was just herky jerky the whole time it's like they didn't have like they didn't grease the the gimbal before they were filming. Uh, the whole pregame had no player pictures. The entire offense, defense, every time they'd show anything, quarterback stats, it would just be generic logos. Uh, no, It's not that hard. I could have gone and gotten them the pictures if they would have asked me. It, it's not that difficult to acquire. That along, too, the FCS and the Big Sky. I have bones to pick with you as well. I guess it goes to show for the competitiveness of the league and the conference, but, man, sitting here as a vandal, it's frustrating right now. We're used to being able to fight for the whole season, and we are one loss away from probably having our season not mean anything. It's not like the NFL, where if you end up losing a bunch, you get a great draft pick. Here, you end up losing a bunch, you better hope it's so that your coach gets fired because there's nothing else that good comes from it. Nobody cares if you finish the year winless. You don't get any benefits from that. All you're going to do is start stinking. And like I said at the beginning, we have an attitude issue. And back when we made the original drop to the FBS, I thought that if we didn't change our attitude, we were going to have the same problems we had in the FBS that we had in the FCS. And this game is making me very afraid of that. I'm not trying to take too much for granted here. We played a very good football team in UC Davis. Top 25 during the FCS Fans Nation is top 10 now. But still the way we went about that game was just awful. I just could not get over it. I know some things happened. Colton getting hurt. A bunch of that. But I mean, right now I'm really missing the shot at a bowl game where, you know what, we're having a rough start, but if we finish 500, at least we have something to play for. We're one loss away from really putting all our hopes on beating Florida and I don't like our odds in that. So, for me right now, it's hard for me to adjust the fact that our season may be over come week five if we don't get this win against Portland State, Idaho State, and Montana State in the next three weeks. And with that, we can open up some discussion to the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of points said there. Um, I, I think you're right on, on a lot of factors that we do need to fix, and I think you're right about a lot of factors on the streaming services, but that's a whole other ordeal. Um, I don't know what it's going to take for these guys to get fired up. Like, that's what I'm confused about is, is it a turning point? Is it a whole game that's going to be the turning point? Is it going to be a practice? Is it going to be a play? But what is going to make these guys, you know, bond, come together and say, hey, you know, we are the Vandals. We have, a, we have something to play for, especially this year, first year in the FCS. So I want to, I really want that that turning point for the Vandals to happen where this isn't, you know, just a letdown of a season anymore. We shouldn't be at the point right now where, but you are, I mean, you are right, where if we lose one more, it's, it's not looking good for us. And, and we should have this 
this moment where you were suddenly the uh, the team we should be, and we can maybe turn this season around to catch some fire at the end. We we almost allowed two hundred yard rushers. We let Terran Thompson or Thomas run for one hundred nineteen. We let Gilliam run for eighty four. Uh, both with under seventeen carries. Um, Isaiah Saunders broke the hundred yard mark, which is great, but not not fantastic. A lot of carries. Uh, I mean, God, it was just our defense still no no turnovers. At this point, I will buy a beer to whatever defensive player gets the first or whatever they drink gets the first turnover. Like, man, other we we need some kind of spark from somewhere. I had so high of hopes on our defense this year. And I don't know if it's the defensive line. I don't know if Akeem Coleman missing is that big of a loss. But, I mean, I know he was great. He's a Sunbelt player, you know, all-conference, everything. But, like, man, it is showing on defense that maybe he was the piece all along. Uh, I mean, Caden and our linebackers are having great games. And our DBs aren't doing bad despite what the stats show. It's just, like, everybody looks lost. And, I mean, they just got punched in the throat early in this one and never recovered. They got bullied. And they, they got bullied bad. I mean, I'm still, I've been looking right up to the time we were recording this podcast, um, which is Tuesday. I still found no injury news on Colton Richardson. I heard that was the reason. He, oh, Martin, you have something? I think Colton Clark said something like he had like a wrist sprain, so nothing too serious here. I mean, obviously, but it's like, it, it sounds like he might be questionable right now as far as going into Portland State right now. And I could see with where he's at, I mean, his year, that they they don't want to rush him to come back, you know, especially after the start of the season we're having. But, I mean, even without him, we still need, I mean, with or without him, we need to make a change in how we're coming, stepping up to these games, because it's not just one guy, it's Col- it's not just Colton, and I agree, totally agree with the defense, you know. We do need to get a turnover and help out our offense a little bit, but we also can't start out scoreless every single game through the first quarter. I mean, Fresno State, obviously, big game. But even Western New Mexico, it took us a little bit of time to get rolling and, and actually started scoring before we uh, won that game. Yeah, I'm just looking. I mean, another good game by David Unger. But just in general, I mean, Mason's stats are very just misleading. And one, the interception actually was just a bad fluke play. Yes, he could have done better. Yes, I believe it was Caden Ellis he was throwing to. Probably could have swatted the ball down or done something better there. But still, get rid of the third touchdown, too. That came in garbage time against the third stringers. If we can't score against UC Davis's third stringers, we're we're not going to be able to score against Montana and Eastern's first stringers. Um, I wiped that one off the board. Otherwise, Mason did what he's kind of known to do. He completes a lot of passes and kind of lets the wide receivers get his yards. Colton's out. And we're not going to play Lemley or sorry, Lemley's out. If uh, we're not going to play Nair, I mean, I'm. I'm seriously getting worried. Can we win some games with Mason? Yes. Can we win enough to be a playoff team? I don't I don't think so. I don't want to talk too much on the quarterback competition because everybody's been talking about it. It's been super negative. So I don't want to get too wrapped up in that. But, it, I mean, it's still worth noting that, once again, he completed a lot of his passes, and he got more yards than you would expect out of him for a whole game against UC Davis. But in a game where we were airing it out from the – second quarter because we fell down 21-0 so stinking early but I don't know for me this game was just I mean it was sitting here and it gave me fits it literally made me physically upset I had to I wasn't with you when the game 
in the in the fan debate. I didn't see. I was honestly wasn't with you in person, but just kind of reading what you were commenting in the game set on FCS Fans Nation. You did not sound happy at all. I I was not happy. I actually had a buddy over. Uh, we were watching the game, and I think I scared him away. It was. Uh, I was just so hot. You know, I handled it. It's not like I was outwardly. You could just tell. I was, I mean, I was that three-year-old who was told he had to get out of the ball pit. I was just a pouty mess. That paired with just the way the rest of my, my fantasy sports and everything else like that's gone this season, topped up with a Vandals. Just, I can handle losses. I've handled losses for 26 years of my life. It's losing like that, where you are supposed to be, the, the spread on that game was five points, and I gamble. I had money on the Vandals. I usually never put money on the Vandals. But I was like, screw it. This is a huge game. We haven't had a top 25 matchup, I don't think, since I've been alive. I'm going to bet on this, and I was okay losing the money. But they didn't even come close to losing by five. It was... It was... I think a lot of it was the expectation, too, that we should have... I think people thought going in that we should have handled this team. Yeah. And then knowing that... What ha- I mean, happened even in the first half was not only disappointing, but uh, shocking and disappointing. I think it, it, it hurt a lot of people, a lot of fans for who are on board this season. Yeah, and m- much like we covered in last week's podcast, this was a big game in terms of gaining some fan interest back. Yeah. You lost it after Fresno State. You might have got a little bit back after Western New Mexico State. Probably not much. Then you had the bye week, and you had people sitting on it, and they heard the hype of us talking about top 25 matchup and everybody else talking about how this is great, and Dan Hawkins is our shot back at a Boise State former coach. And there was some hype built for this game, more than I've seen in a long time as far as Vandals, when we're not having an obviously winning season like the end of 2016. Then you show up, and you just absolutely lay an egg. And I don't know if it was just that. I mean, to be fair, I'd have a hard time getting up in that environment too. You expecting this huge crowd, top 25 matchup, and then you roll out to 4,000 fans having a pat picnic on a berm. So, I mean, I get that, but UC Davis still showed up, so you got to as well. And now I think the issue is, like we said, now you have, you're have right back to where you were after week one. People watch this game. They might watch the first quarter, the first half. They turned it off, just like they did against Fresno State. And now you're going to have to beat a Portland State team, which is probably not as bad as their record shows, even though in their bottom of my Big Sky Power rankings and are winless on the season. Or not winless. They beat College of Idaho, NAIA team down in Caldwell that probably most people that listen to this are familiar with. But then you've got a game against Idaho State, which hopefully might be able to generate some buzz from all the Boise and Idaho Falls and you know Southern Idaho Vandals. But then you've got a big game at Montana State that right now the way they're playing doesn't look like it did at the beginning of the year they have a very good shot of beating us on their homecoming and if you lose that game i'm really worried about montana and eastern and if we lose either of those we're out we're we get one more conference slip up to even be able to sniff a playoff berth right now if we lose two more in conference we have to beat florida and we might have to beat them convincingly and florida's also looking better so that is just not not the road we should try to go down here. Maybe we'll hope for a, a lightning storm out and we'll be up at the time. We'll walk away I don't even think, I think if that happened, people would still say, screw it, Idaho doesn't deserve it. We might not even make the last four out. We might just literally be like that, like Eastern last year where it's like, yeah, you know, maybe, but no, sorry. All right, we get hooked. Everyone take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, TJ's leading this podcast because Thanks. we're afraid of my rants. There we go. One last point to touch on for Portland State. Who, who was your club card player of the game, Martin? Who was yours? He's referring to, sorry, I, I confused you, for UC Davis. Yes. I will agree with that. First 100-yard rusher. And honestly, if I could give a split club card day, 
David Unger, you already got yours. I will give one to Mason. For being put in the situation he was, he performed better than I thought he would have. So maybe I would give you like a beer token, not quite a full club card day, but like you could get like a like a tub token for your performance. I will give I will give Isaiah Saunders a club card day and I will give Mason Petrino a tub token. Yeah, I'm going with Isaiah for the club card part of the game. But I like the tub token shout out. Maybe we'll we'll add that in as well. <laughs> but now on to the future, which we can all look forward to is home this weekend, uh, 2 p.m. kickoff versus Portland State. First Big Sky game in the Kibbe Dome. I, I'm excited. I think a lot of people should be. It's it, Home games in Moscow are like nothing else. And if we rally behind this team, I mean, starting this week, we could. this could be a game changer. Uh, Idaho is 11-1 against Portland State all time. And Portland State has not beaten an FCS opponent in over, I want to say, 14 months. So let's not be the first. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah just Thank win. You. Just win, <laughs> baby, you, win. You said what we're all thinking. <laughs> we said that one. Yeah, I agree. And for all you people that can't or can make it, um, kickoff is at 2 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. General Mountain Time if you're down in southern Idaho. It is at the ASUI Kibbe Dome, uh, and it will be televised on Pluto TV, which um, should get bought out by ESPN immediately because I would rather pay $5 a month for ESPN Plus than be put through one more of those laggy student media ran UC Davis broadcasts ever. So, like, if it's what I think it is, the CBS is the most propaganda, but like, the CBS stuff is, like, 11th Forge is different than Pluto. If you watch, like, a big guy go basketball game, it'll be like right, Pluto TV. If it's just Pluto TV, it's run just like that. Yeah, and I mean, I see, I kind of remember that. I remember, like, having minor issues with basketball, but, like, nothing major, but, like, even the game against Western New Mexico State, I had problems with connectivity. And I can literally stream just about anything I want with no lag except Pluto TV. And I just, it boggles my mind. Maybe it's free. That's probably what it is. I'm, I'm grateful that they televise all our games online. And I realize how pissed off a bunch of people are going to be at me for this podcast for just my loud opinions all throughout it on multiple different issues. But right now, Pluto TV could try to offer us money for an advertisement, and I would tell them no. I would tell them to go bite themselves. And we, we do have some rude sports games coming up to look forward to, which will be exciting, but I completely agree with Pluto. And as far as the quarterback situation goes, I guess now Twitter has given us some answers about a possible wrist sprain and if he will play. Is that enough to keep you out of a game of wrist sprain? Like, is it, since Martin, I guess you have the, the insider, you read Colton Clark's Twitter. <laughs> Uh, is it throwing arm or is it non-throwing arm? Uh, I, think it, I think it was throwing Well, that's not very good. And um, I, would, I would keep him healthy. Maybe this is kind of a chance for Mason, if this does happen where he's out, to kind of step into a role where he knows he's got all the snaps. It, um, it kind of seems like with the, the end of the UC Davis game, maybe playing their second or third strings, that he kind of felt a little bit more comfortable and, and able to uh, maneuver a little bit you know, with what he can do. I, I, I will agree with that. I will say a lot of people on the FCS Fans Nation um, 
forum discussion, whatever it was during the game, uh, a lot of people were just saying, I'm not against Mason. I just put a guy in there and commit at this point. Now, most people probably would admit that that should be Colton. The fact that if Mason started to look better, the more rhythm he got in, once again, it, we'll see because it was against a lot of the... Wasn't that first, wasn't Zion Vandal's first score like when they ran like hurry up offense with Mason? Not like just kind of huddled up? Yeah, I... Yeah, yeah, you're talking there in the second quarter. Yeah, and the quarterback and stick with them is all I want. Yeah, I think that's what most most people want. Just get, let a guy get in rhythm. If his rhythm's bad, that being said, that really embraces my next point. I want to know if we are allowed the player to play in four games, and if Colton is hurt, is Nikhil Nair active and taking snaps this week? And I, I don't know if Colton Clark listens. But if he does, I would love a, like, at mention, at me or Tubbs at the club, whichever one. I want a video of him throwing some rocks, man. I mean, I think at this point it's a little bit risky, almost. But why? He gets redshirted anyways, and you have Dane Kaiser, if he does get hurt, to still back up. And um, if it's a sprained wrist, Colton will be out the rest of the season. I mean, it's no different than having Colton in there. And that would make it... Colton doesn't have a red shirt either, so... Yeah. And it would make it interesting and be exciting to see him as well, and hopefully he gets some confidence there. And if we blow out Portland State, like, we probably should. They're probably the easiest opponent left on our schedule. Okay. So, in, in on paper, that's yep. the that's the theory, on paper, I would like to see Nikhil Nair or Dane Kaiser if he's tearing it up. I don't care. I'd like to see another guy, because we're believers in Colton, and I think Mason can win us some games, but, like... Right now, we need a guy with some fire to get us to the playoffs. Because right now, the playoffs are starting to drive right by us, and we're waving at them as they pass. Well, don't, maybe your Nick Hale will be your uh, corner still take. We'll find out here in a little bit. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. <laughs> but uh, keys to the game, um, mine's pretty simple, is just get going early. Kind of sick of these, you know, let's settle in a little bit, you know, have our defense get a stop, and maybe maybe we'll try and score for the last three games. We need to come out and have an opening drive where we drive all the way down and get in the end zone. That's one thing I think will be for the team, but for the game, I mean, the game and the team as well. I think that'll be a confidence booster. I think especially with Portland State, we could just continue to add points and, and you know, stack on top of them. But come out early, come out firing. I think that's my key to the game. Martin, you got one? See, I feel like this is why I was not leading this week, because I feel like I've already leaked onto you. I've made you physically upset about how this game turned out as well, and I love it. And I'm a pretty calm person if you know me in real life. I am very calm. <laughs> like I said, it wasn't the way we, it's not that we lost, it was the way that we lost. Vandals are used to losing. Anyways, but how we're going to win, my key to the game, actually TJ, I think, nailed it. Um, is getting out early. We have not scored first, I don't think. No, we did score first against Western New Mexico, but then they took the lead. Yeah. We need to start coming out way quicker. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say you nailed it. I think your key to the game is the most important. For variety's sake, I'll say defense. Stiffen up. Let's get a shutout. Mm-hmm. We couldn't keep Western New Mexico off the board. Like I said, 
probably on paper our weakest opponent left this year. And dang, it might be close, man. They they smell blood in the water in Portland. Don't get yourself fooled here. They are circling the block, and they're going, we get to roll into the Kibbe Dome and really ruin these guys' season. We lose to Portland State, season's over. Might as well buy your basketball season tickets and start rooting for that because if we lose to this, there's no coming back from it unless Portland State runs the gamut. And I don't see that happening. But we really need this win. And, man, Idaho State's not going to be easy, but we'll talk more about that next week. But, yeah, I'm saying, like, defense, shutout. We need a shutout. All right. So, corner stool takes. You already saw mine. I think you're excited. <laughs> I don't see him, mine. <laughs> so I'll go first since mine's hot. Okay. Let's see. Well, to go off, I guess, with everything we've been building up about, I think Idaho this week puts up 58 points. And I will say that I have not called a hot take yet, especially with WSU's loss this weekend. I'm sorry, Mom and Dad. I thought it would happen. I didn't mean to jinx it. But I think this might be the week that Idaho honestly, you know, puts up the house. Like, we do not stop scoring. I think we continue to run, even run some trick plays, do something to score a freaking touchdown that's easy. I think <laughs> load up the score, do what you can, and the Vandals score 58 this week. My corner stool take is that we have been treating these guys with kid gloves. I know some players might listen to us or their friends listen to us or their parents listen to us. Defense, I'm calling you straight out on my corner stool take. I don't think you get a turnover this game. Prove me wrong. There you go. Reverse. Reverse psychology. Martin, what do you got? Isaiah Saunders rushes for a buck 50 and four touchdowns. Oh, all right. Someone ate the spice today. Dang, can I get more of what you're eating? Four touchdowns. Holy mackerel. But that does come with the team, put them in the right spot and everything, too. Yeah. So I like it. All right. Uh, so now we get to the Ask TATC part of the week. This is my favorite part. It is. It's really fun because you guys get involved with us, and it's time for me to cool my head a bit, hopefully. Um, reminder, if you don't know what this is, you can use the hashtag AskTATC on the social medias and ask us a question, and we'll pick the best ones and answer them. You can also follow us if you download the free Anchor app, and on that, you can find Tubbs at the Club. And when you do that, you can actually leave us a message, and then we can actually play those over the air so you, you can hear yourself on the radio waves. So that's another option for it. But we asked you guys this week, can Idaho pull to 500 on the season this week with a rebound win against the Portland State Vikings? Hashtag AskTATC. We had 97 respondents. 67% say yes. 33% say no. That's troubling to me, and I think it fits the mold we said earlier in the fact that some people have straight become turned off from this team right now after that loss. And I think it was very resemblant of what we said after the Fresno State game, and a lot of people thought we'd struggle with Western New Mexico. I think you lost some people, you lost some fate, but I think that's resemblant in this poll. Almost 100 people vote pulled, and almost 33 think that you're not going to be able to pull it off. It's a tough question to ask because it hurts. You know, you want to say that they're going to make it to 500. Um, just looking kind of right down the teams that you think they can confidently beat, yes, they will be able to get to 500. Will that be enough to get us to the postseason and actually, you know, have the right seating? I doubt it. Um, but I, I really, if they show up this week, I have a lot of confidence that they will beat, they have a good chance to beat Montana State. 
um, have Montana at home with a sold-out crowd, that's going to help a lot. So if they win these next two, which we really should, um, it could set them up in the right position to definitely get 500. I think they will. I, I, I mean, I'm going back to being positive and kind of calm. I just think they will get back to 500 this week with a win. Hopefully uh, 10 touchdowns or something like that, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I will say I, I do vote in these polls, even though I'm usually the one that writes them. I was also a yeser. I think that should be known before some players want to track me down. Uh, I did think you're going to pull back to 500, and I do think you're still going to make the playoffs. But once again, I'm treating you with kid gloves. Go out there and prove it, because, man, if you disappoint again, it's going to be real hard to get people back. Anyways, ask TATCs. We got a couple that kind of pair together. Brian Marceau, please sell me on Idaho finishing better than 6-5. and five. Hashtag ask TATC. I think with the easy games, God, I'm going to say it. Every time I say these, then I, I you know, I second-guess myself. Um, but with the easier games or the easier teams that we play, the Portland State, the Idaho State coming up, and then after the Montana State game, y- yes, we will have a great chance. But I think a big turning point in that se- in the season will be that Montana State game in Bozeman. If we come out ready to play for them and pull out a W there, I think that's very pivotal and will have a huge effect on the rest of the season, the seeding, and kind of how we look at the season is that Montana State game. At both. I think they will finish better than 6-5. and five. Like you said, they got to take care of the, the teams that they are better than. I think that means just keep putting your foot on the pedal and just keeping it on for the rest of the game. Not even, not even letting up, like, you're ahead by 50 or 6. Just, just keeping the, your foot on the pedal and just keep going against everybody. And not letting up for anyone. I think, yeah, we all got our opinions there. Next one is coming from John Mortensen at JPMort1. Enjoying the podcast. I want to know, is Davis really good or is Idaho that bad? And will this week, will this be the week when Idaho's defense finally creates a turnover? Hashtag AskTATC. UC Davis does have some pretty good athletes. Obviously, Keelan Doss is probably the most targeted wide receiver in the nation. You know, we also didn't come out that well. Uh, There was a video last week I saw a preview to Idaho where Dan Hawkins actually said, (laughs) I'm used to beating these guys, so please rally the troops and get out there for Saturday against Idaho. (laughs) So I think a lot of it was Dan Hawkins knowing what it takes, not, I mean, just to beat Idaho, but he probably used the best of his scheme to uh, get past the Vandals last week as well. Yes, UC Davis is good. They're very good, despite the words I said about them earlier in the podcast. They are good. It was just frustrating to see us play a team that we should be equally good as on paper and get destroyed. Like I said, they, they're getting votes. And it's not the most scientific poll by any means, but I think it does a really good job of showing who's at least considered one of the hottest teams in the country at the moment. Maybe not necessarily their true rank. The FCS Fans Nation's top 10 poll has UC Davis, I believe, at number six or seven this week. So, I mean, they're up there. It's their first time in there. They're getting votes in all the major polls. They're like a top 16 team in all the major polls. So, hindsight, yes, they're good. Is Idaho as bad as they showed? I hope not. But we don't really know. We've gone blowout to blowout win to a blowout to what on paper should be another blowout win. Who knows at this point how good or bad Idaho is. I think that's the even more frustrating part is a lot of people are like, well, UC Davis was good, so it doesn't really show too much about how bad Idaho is. But at the same time, 
Idaho looked awful, so are they really bad? Next question by Taylor Cash at Idaho Grown T Cash. If by some miracle we go seven and four, do we make the playoffs? Assuming we drop the Eastern and Florida game, odds on six and five. Hashtag ask TATC. Well, I think it is tough for our first year to determine that. I'm not quite sure. I mean, I, I understand the, the point system for how they're doing the seating, but um, I think a lot of it depends on how the other teams are looking for the end of the year. I think if we go 7-4, and four, we definitely deserve one of the last seeds in there, uh, especially with conference or schedule strength and everything like that. Um, but it's tough to say. I, I, I'm not quite sure yet on how the seeding will end up this year. I hope so. We make the playoffs at 7-4. and four. I mean, obviously, it depends on conference strength and all that stuff, but I... Yeah, I agree. I'd be okay. We wouldn't play North Dakota State right out the bat unless they really slow down the season. But um, I guess we've got a lot of questions, and you know, I'm trying to pick somewhat different and giving different people kind of takes on everything. We've had a lot of people predicting six and five, and asking if there's a possibility we go seven and four. Um, our friend over at FCS Fans Nation, Kyle, Kyler Neal, did say. To that very question that was just asked, his answer was, if Idaho goes 7-4 and four, with pretty much the losses we assumed at Eastern, who at the end of this week could be the number three team in the country, if we lose to them in Florida, it would be really tough to keep Idaho out of the playoffs. That being said, I'm going to roll through the schedule. If you want to know where we picked early in the year, you can go back and listen, but I'd like to do it with you guys now. Roll through the rest of the schedule and do a midseason update on whether you think we'll win or lose and see if we get to 7-4 and four, we get to 6-5. and five. This week... We didn't predict it, so it's perfect now. Good timing. Portland State. Uh, yeah, Idaho wins with 58 points. Martin? Yeah, Idaho wins. I go Idaho wins, and I actually do think it will be a blowout. Next week, in Pocatello against the Bengals. Battle of the Domes. Vandals in the new rivalry. Vandals. I'm taking the Vandals in that one, too. Then we are in Bozeman to play Montana State on their homecoming. This is the game. The, this is That will be the game for Idaho, and... I'm taking the Vandals. See, I think this is the biggest toss-up, and this will be the game. Like I said, unfortunately, with the FCS playoffs, this is where our season may die. You know, before we lose this, it's all right. We just got to win, get the 500, and we'll play in that potato bowl down there in Boise State's ugly blue field. But now we lose to Montana State. It's it's end of the rope. You got to win the rest. Ah, you guys both gave them wins, right? So I'll give them an L for sake of the matter of uh, to be different. Idaho then hosts Southern Utah for our homecoming. Vandals at home. Yeah, I'll take Vandals on homecoming. Idaho as well. I think Southern Utah right now is winless. I think they'll get one before us, so they won't be that desperate when they're playing us for another one. Because they're, they're, see, like I said, they're 0 4. Season's done. Back in the FBS, man, you roll off six out of your last eight, you're in a bowl game. Now, no. 0 4, you're out. Then we're on the Inferno in Cheney. That one's going to be real tough. We sold out our allotment of tickets, so there's going to be a lot of vandals there. We'll be there. Um, we'll be there. But, I mean, we could be walking into a number two or number three team in the country. All three of us are going to be there. Man, this one's going to be tough. It is. There's a lot of outlooks that will happen, especially coming up to that game. You know, will everybody be full strength? You know, what are the teams looking like ranking-wise then? But I will say that Eastern does have a, a more talented and organized team and they've come out with a win 
against us. Yeah, I'm going to take, actually, Eastern winning that, too. I'll take Eastern, too. It's just, you know, I want, like Caden said during Big Sky Media Day, he wants to stay undefeated on Colored Truth, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Caden, I love you, but I, I, I don't think it's happening that game. Uh, Idaho at North Dakota, which did beat a ranked Sam Houston State team two weeks ago. But then lost to the Bengals, so another team of who the hell knows. I think that's one of those games where we get too excited and we end up well, we end up winning, but like we out we look at them like they're the biggest game of the year, and we come out firing and we come out with the win for them. You think they're gonna win? No, I think the Vandals. Okay. I think Vandals, but it'll be close because it's a trap. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that being a trap game. I was thinking more on the fact of, I'm with you guys, it could be a game that gets overlooked. When the schedule came out, I had plans and will be attending every single home game except this one. This was the game that didn't even float on my radar. It's like, that's my bye week. I'm taking that one off. North Dakota is trash. North Dakota's not even in the big sky, but somehow they're, the games affect our record. Weird mixed match of who gives a crap, but uh, I think we win it. But once again, I mean, that's weird. It's a trap game, and I think a lot of people, especially after Eastern and before Montana, aren't making the trip. You know, if you're from Boise or Seattle, you're not making the trip to Cheney, then to Moscow, then to Moscow again. Portland's the same way. Unless you live in Moscow, Coeur d'Alene, Spokane, I just don't see you making this game unless it's the only game you can make it up to that year. But I still think we win. Battle for the Little Brown Stein, which I'm still surprised so many people do not know what that is. It's our new rivalry, people. Big one. We played them like twice as many times as we played Boise State. So get on board. Get ready for it. I'm, I'm still giving us a win, dude. Montana has traditionally in the last five to ten years not played well on the road. And they haven't done anything this season to prove it otherwise. They have a home, or, uh, they've won all their games at home and they've lost their game on the road. So I'm going Idaho. It will. I think it's gonna be interesting to see what the uh, comparison of Grizz fans to Vandal fans at that game. It is Dad's weekend. What last home game of the yeah. year? Yes, Dad's weekend and Senior Day. And Senior Day, so it will be packed. Uh, that's for sure. Which I'm so excited for the dome to, to look like that. It will be a toss up. I think Montana fans are, and the team will come out firing. I think it's gonna be close. I'm going with my heart. I'm going with the Vandals that game. Florida. I'm giving us the L, even if it all comes down to the Florida game. Just, I mean, dude, that's SEC. That's in Gainesville. We've never been able to beat a Power 5 team as an FBS school. I don't think it's going to happen first year as an FCS school. There you go. I'm going to go with uh, the Gators. Martin, is that you taking the Vandals? You know what? I will, just because. Thanks. Thank you, Martin. Love that. A little bit more losses than when we did the big show at the beginning. Yeah. And, you know, we'll keep it going. Like I said, we could blow out Montana State. Idaho State's not looking necessarily, well, you know what, they beat North Dakota. But they're not looking anything to fear. Um, so, you know, we could win two in a row here, be three and two, and we could be having a whole different beat going into Montana State, who also has a more difficult schedule coming up because they just played Portland State at, as Jeff Choate said, a bring-your-own-energy game at that high school stadium in Portland. So they can bring their own energy. Idaho did not bring their own energy to UC Davis. I'm never going to quit calling that out. That was embarrassing. You have a top 25 team, and you have like 4,000 people. We have another one from Taylor Cash at Idaho Grown T Cash. What is Petrino's buyout? Does anyone have the answer? No, I think Sean would know that more than, any, more than us. 
Yeah, yeah and so I do. I believe it's like one point something million. So if we're gonna be honest, Taylor, it's not gonna happen. I don't like that question. We we extended like his contract after 2016. He's the highest or second highest paid coach in the FCS. We don't have the money to get rid of him. Even though we do get paid as an FBS school till 2021, I believe, for our money games. But, like, man, we're running a deficit right now. Even if we wanted to buy him out, we can't. Get ready for the ride or hope that Bobby Petrino gets the Alabama job because Saban retires and Paul comes along. But I'm still a Petrino believer. I just think he's doing, ironically, the Dan Hawkins thing and he's getting too caught up in chasing some lost glory with his son right now. Luckily, his son's got two more years. Petrino's got, I think, four more years on his contract. That gives him two years to right the ship and go like, yeah, I was the guy. My apologies. And you know what? Mason could start balling right now, and it doesn't matter anyways, and we could still make the playoffs. So it's too early to be talking buyout. Petrino's a good coach, in my opinion. Yes, I would not have answered that on Saturday if that was what was running through your head. I was the first one yelling, it might be time to get rid of this guy. That's why we don't do podcasts on Saturdays, Sundays, or even Mondays, for that matter. We record them on Tuesdays. We talked about it. It wouldn't be good. Yeah, TJ was scared to come over, actually, on Saturday. (laughs) And like I said, Martin could tell over my messages that I was frustrated. So, uh, last hashtag. Um, I don't know if I know this guy. TJ, do you know this guy? Martin Heimstra Ah, at Hemi underscore 71. He wants to know two questions. What god do I need to sacrifice to to be competitive? Any ideas on what kind of items I need to sacrifice? I answered this on Saturday. Anything you own that is blue and orange. TJ, do you have an answer? Yeah. Go, go Bronco gear. <laughs> uh, Martin, what, what answers have you heard? And do have you found the solution to what god we need to sacrifice to? Let's wait till we lose to Portland State before we start dumping out Rainier. But I'm not ready to go just there just yet. Then we have a, another question from you. If Colton is out for an extended time, more than a game, what kind of offense would you work, Mason? Another question, uh, and by the way, I don't know, the same offense. I'm more interested in the last half of your question. Another question. What's your favorite jungle juice recipe? Hashtag AskTATC. Before anyone answers, we could use more fun questions like that. FCS Fans Nation, another free plug. Their podcast has people asking them, is a hot dog a sandwich, and how does lint get in your belly button? So we could use some more fun questions on here as well. So don't shy away from asking us not football, not vandal-related. And we could use more. Soccer team is killing it right now. Volleyball just had a sweep. So there's other questions you can ask. We're just happy people are asking questions, one. But just so you know, don't feel like it has to be vandal football-related. Martin, my favorite jungle juice recipe, you get like two gallons of tang, and then you get like a little bit of white rum, a little bit of brown rum, you pour it in a big old like cooler full of just ice blocks, not like the cubed ice, but like the blocks. You go get some actual apples, some actual cherries, and some actual lemons. You cut them all up, you throw them in there, you let it ferment for a bit. Then you go get some Malibu rum, three flavors of your choice. They make flavored Malibu. You pour that in there. You top it off with two gallons of cranberry juice and one gallon of apple cider. Jungle juice for days. I am disgusted. That is, see, you're going way over the top. It's simple. You do vodka, Tampico, OJ, big uh, liter of Sprite. And if you want to get a little crazy, you put a couple of Red Bulls in there. But you don't, I don't need all that mixture, all that, that, that 
thought that was a white trash. Uh, nah, I don't know. That is, know. that is jungle juice, right there. That is jungle juice. Preferably the cheapest vodka you can find as well. Martin, what recipe were you using? Uh, I don't remember mine. To be quite honest, I was just looking for a new one. That's because you drank too much jungle juice, Martin. Yeah. That's because you drank too much jungle juice. But thank you for all the questions, Martin and Brian and Taylor. We really appreciate those. I love answering these. It's perfect timing, actually, as we're coming up on the sweet spot here. Watching the TV, our favorite segment. I kind of took over for TJ. I just noticed that. It's a good transition. Uh, game of the week. TJ, you got something first? Let me think about it for a second. Yeah, and mine was, I was kind of found this last minute. Uh, really excited for Easter. Um, it's kind of the game where you get to watch, like, you know, your competitors. It's, you know, it's kind of like you're at the field before your game, and you kind of get to see what the competition's going to be like, and kind of see what we're going to face this year, and uh, I don't know, it just kind of gets me excited about Big Sky football, knowing that there's these, these other games and rivalries going on um, that we get to prepare for to play in a couple weeks. All right, I'm, I'm glad you used that one, TJ, um, because I had two of them written down. That was one of them. Mm-hmm. Eastern Washington at Montana State, for those of you that are interested in watching that, will be televised on Root Sports, noon Pacific time, 1 p.m. Mountain time. My game of the week is actually the Dakota Marker game. We have the number three team in the country who I've been voting for number two in the country in the FCS Fans Nation top ten poll for the last three weeks. Uh, South Dakota State Jackrabbits are playing at number one North Dakota State on ESPN Plus, 1230 Pacific Time, 130 Mountain. You want to watch the top that the FCS has to offer? These are the games to watch. One, Eastern's a great team. Montana State's good to follow up on. But South Dakota State, North Dakota State is going to be one heck of a Donnybrook. They do not like each other. South Dakota State has gotten them the last two years. This could be South Dakota State's year. I'm actually, we'll get to the picks later, but South Dakota State has a good shot at running the gamut this year and maybe being our competition in the national championship and that's game. that's where we want to be at, too. You know, I think we should... If as, they can do it in Dakota, we can do it in Idaho. And as Vandals should watch that and say, man, that's, that's what we want to get to as an FCS team. Like, where this game is huge, we're getting ready for a one-versus-three, you know, matchup mid-season. Yeah. And then you look at the recruiting bed. How Idaho with Oregon, California, Idaho, not so much Montana, but Washington... We have a lot of great recruits around us, Utah, Nevada, South Dakota, North Dakota. What You got those two states, Wyoming. They share Montana with us, Minnesota, Iowa, maybe a little bit of Wisconsin. Yeah, Moscow's cold. Come but, on. like, yeah, and like, <laughs> South Dakota State doesn't even have a dome. Like, if South Dakota State can get there, we can get there. Mm. Martin, have you you got any, any games you want to look at, FBS or FCS? I got, got one there. Trophy for their football game. No way. Just, just because of the trophy, that's what I'm taking as my game of the week. That's cool. I was I was going over that game too, kind of seeing who was who was going to win that. But I like that the rail the rail rivalry. So that game can be found on ESPN Plus as well at 4:30 Pacific time. So 5:30 Mountain. Once you're done with the first two games of the week, flipping back and forth between commercials, tune in for the Chattanooga game to see the, the old railroad trophy. That's so cool. <laughs> By the way, I'm trying to create a trophy for Eastern Washington. So. I'm trying to get us a trophy game as well. We're talking to you, Kyler. Other than, yeah, well, I've already talked to Kyler and Kelsey <laughs> about it, but they know. Isn't, like, isn't Eastern Washington and Idaho like, for going 
it's like be the, yeah, Moscow is the P. The battle of the lentil. Moscow is the P and lentil capital of the world, according to Reese Davis in NCAA Football 14. And a fun fact, Eastern Washington and the University of Idaho used to be called the Governor's Cup. And then when we moved to the FBS, they just transitioned the name to their game against Montana. We could call it the Governor's Cup again, but like we have that with Boise because um, that should have been called the Spud Bowl all along. I like the Red Scare. I'm running with it. I'm referring to that game as the Red Scare. Unless until I hear anything even better, you can use it until we find something. All right, uh, FCS fans nation, pick them. Let's do some pick them. TJ and I are going to go through our picks for the week. Martin, if you want to just throw in picks to feel involved, we'd love to hear a, another opinion. <laughs> Last week I went five and three. TJ went three and five. I'm like twenty fourth in the rankings. I think you're down in the fifties. Not We're good. There. We're getting there. But there's like two hundred people We're in it, so that's not that bad. I've been good all year. Jack Tate's in the top 25 of Vandal right there that played on the football team. All right, this week, we're kicking it off. Number 24, Princeton at Columbia. I'm taking Princeton. I'm taking Princeton? That's three Princetons. Rhode Island at Harvard. I'm taking Rhode Island, but this one was tough for me because I'm a big believer in Harvard, but Rhode Island looks hot. I'm taking uh, the Harvard of the Northeast, Harvard. Oh, no, Rhode Island. There you go. There you go. We all know the real Harvard of the West is Idaho, so who cares about the Harvard of the Northeast? Um, Drake versus Jacksonville Dolphins. I actually put their mascot in there because I guess I was that excited when I wrote this that night. Uh, I'm taking Jacksonville. Yeah, ever since week one, I'm doing Jacksonville. Jacksonville. We have number 11, Villanova versus number 15, Stony Brook. I'm going Villanova. <laughs> I'm taking the the basketball school there, and I'm going Nova all day. East Illinois, the home of the Jimmy Garoppolo's and the Tony Romo's. Bad week for that comment. Uh, versus Tennessee Tech, I'm taking the fighting Tony Romo's or the the Romo Garoppolo's. East Illinois. Yeah, I'll go Eastern Illinois. Go Panthers. Chattanooga versus ETSU. We're at our all three of our games this week, which is nice. All right, Martin, it was your call out for game of the week. Who are you taking, Chattanooga versus ETSU? Chattanooga, yeah, bring it on the rail trophy. <laughs> Anyone that listened to last night or last week's podcast knows for some reason I have an affinity for Appalachian State. Therefore, I'm pulling for Chattanooga. And yes, the logic does not make any logical oh, sense. Not. I'm gonna cover Chattanooga. As well. <laughs> Number eight. The Fighting Eagles of the Red Turf Field in Changi, Washington, versus the Little little Montanas down there in Bozeman. I'm going Eastern. I picked Eastern, but screw it. My pick's in. I'm changing it. I'm pulling for the Bobcats. Go. go, Bobcats. Let's level this playing field. Make it interesting. Game of the week for Chris. Sorry, number three, South Dakota State at number one, North Dakota State. It was my game of the week. I will lead it off. The upsets continue. Move over, James Madison. Move over, North Dakota. South Dakota State upsets North Dakota State big and jumps JMU for the number one spot in both polls. They better be having something special because I don't think North Dakota State's going to let them come into their house and do that. It'd be three years in a row. I'm going with the Bison on this one, North Dakota State. There we go. <laughs> Vandals pulling for the Jack Rabbit. Uh, all right. So now we're on to the big sky. TJ and uh, I went four and three. TJ went five and two. And last time Martin picked games, he went ten and zero or nine and one, yeah. I believe. Well, so 
like, so maybe we should. <laughs> so maybe we should let Martin go last, since apparently he has all the golden tickets, and it doesn't look like we're cheating. Uh, Portland State at Idaho. We all picked Idaho. North Dakota at University of Northern Colorado. I went with the Fighting Sioux. I'm gonna go with the Northern Colorado. Then we all picked already Eastern Washington at Montana State. Then we have Northern Arizona at Idaho State. I'm going with the Lumberjacks, NAU. You know what? The way Idaho State played, I really want to pick them. But, I mean, I think North Northern Arizona just had some bad weeks. I still think they're a pretty decent team. Idaho State is not quite there yet. And I'm taking the Lumberjacks as well. Lumberjacks. Three Lumberjacks. So that's how the Grand Canyon was made. No. <laughs> uh, number 13, Montana. At Cal Poly. Cal Poly stinks, Montana. Montana. Cal Poly. Ooh. God, I feel all worried. I'm fanning the mic right now. Now I gotta switch. (laughs) All right. Uh, So that brings us to closing the bar. I do want to say, you might have noticed by now if you're still listening, audio is a little different this week. One, we think we might have figured out TJ's and I's mic. And we had some problems on the Anchor app, so we tried a Google Hangout. This is probably not the best we can do, but if Martin sounds like he's on a UFO, it's because he practically is. He's in a different city and coming over a computer microphone into our microphone. So we're working on getting it better. Please don't leave negative reviews. We know about it, but we, we need more Martin, and so we brought more Martin. And then next week, we might actually have a special guest as Mark Liptak, the color, the color commentator for the Idaho State Bengals has said he would be willing to come on our show. So we might get a little bit more insight than any of us would be able to provide you on the Idaho State Bengals. Hopefully he doesn't listen too much to our podcast because we've said some very choice words about the Bengals, but uh, it's all out of good fun. Maybe you can ask, you can ask him about that question about King's uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. We can. We'll have to save that hashtag, ASTATC, from Wax Party Pants and ask him about the King's Spud. There we go. But yeah, so we might have Mark on next week. I'm in communications with him. If it doesn't happen, don't get angry at me. Yeah, so that's a possibility. Anyways, sh- time for those shameless plugs that none of us ever have anything going on in our lives. But we'll start with Martin. What's going on in your life? We're bringing back our favorite segment. Yes. What is your go-to thing at the Breakfast Club? Do you remember that? Do you remember all that? Did you go in there? I think I think it depends on the morning. <laughs> well, I guess maybe it depends on the night. The mimosas. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was a big. I really have great chicken fried steak there. That was my go-to. I'm, I'm pretty boring. I'm a I'm an eggs Benny guy. Almost anywhere I go. Luckily, where I currently reside, they have really good salmon and. If you've never had salmon eggs Benedict, you ain't living. Or crab. Seafood egg Benedict might be better than ham egg Benedict. That's what I'm getting at, at least. If they need me to drive some over this week, uh, I will bring you some crab and some salmon breakfast club if you cook it for me. What's, what's your go-to there, Martin? Right back at you, bud. I think it's the country skillet. It's the chicken fried steak, gravy, hash browns, fried eggs. It's good. That's uh, like you said. It depends on the beginning, but that's always my <laughs> Sometimes it's just a bagel shop stop. The Moscow Breakfast <laughs> <Yeah>. Club. <laughs> Home to all of Wazoo and the University of Idaho's favorite breakfast establishment. If you're looking for breakfast in the Palouse, there's nowhere better to grab your eggs 
than the Breakfast Club. That was terrible, but we could do way better if you want to sponsor us, Breakfast Club. Anyways, also to plug Martin, all the music you hear at the beginning and the end and anything we play in the middle from the band is provided by his YouTube. So if you love, like we do, the In Heaven There Is No Beer song, that's where you can find it. Uh, TJ, shameless plug yourself. You know those days at work, maybe a class, you know, maybe kind of a family event that you just... You're not really excited for it, but you have to go to, and you have to kind of talk and talk about what happened. That was this podcast. We got it out of the way. We all took a breath. I think we'll, I think after this, we're all looking a little bit more positive. We got that out of our system. I think Chrissy made a lot of good points, filtered ourselves a little bit. We thought about it a lot, um, and I'm excited for this upcoming game. So go Vandals. Let's, let's get out there and rally on. On Saturday, let's get in the Kibbe Dome, let's fill it up, let's get excited. We can now tailgate. Uh, last shameless plug, I'm excited to get up there and hang out with Martin in a couple weeks. My shameless plug is, I like I said, I'm glad we do these on Tuesdays and not Saturdays. I was strongly considering my bye week this week. I'm glad I powered through. I persevered just like I think this team is going to do. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I should be in Moscow this week pending anything dramatic here at the end of, end of my work week. And I'm excited to finally see this team in person. And I bought myself and TJ tickets to the Eastern Washington game. He just has to commit to it. And I also finally purchased my airfare tickets and hotel to Bozeman. So any of you vandals that are going to be in Cheney or any of you vandals that are going to be in Bozeman, hit me up. I'll be there. You can hit me up at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond on Twitter or Text me if you have my number. Thanks again for everyone who plugs in and listens to us for about 60 minutes every week. We really do appreciate it. It's just about time for you to unplug those headphones, get pumped for game day in the KB Dome, be loud, support this team. They're going to need it. They're just as upset about this loss as I'm sure all of of us are. So make sure you support them. We'll see you guys next Thursday, October the 4th. Now it's time for the best band in all the land, the Sound of Idaho, to play us out. Go Go Vandals. Amen.